there, Green Future Growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 16, 2020, and I have one of the most amazing guests on the line. She is an entrepreneur. She is like changing the world for women. She's a leader. She's just done so much. I saw her in person when I went to my very first Aero workshop. She was the keynote speaker. I've been trying to get her on the show ever since. I know she's going to dazzle you with her expertise and just all her knowledge. So welcome to the show, Sarah Cahoon. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Oh my gosh, such a big fan. So glad to have you here. And just uh, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Did I even mention your business is called Red Ants Pants? Yeah, it sure is. It's a uh, company designed to uh, to make workwear for women, which was a thing that was, did not exist when I was uh, coming out of a background of growing up on a farm and working trail crews and outward bound and that sort of thing. So um, started the business out of necessity because I needed pants that fit that would hold up doing outdoor work. So... Normally, I start my show asking about, like, your very first garden experience. Like, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Like, you grew up on a farm, right? So do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I sure did. I uh, <clears throat> I grew up on a farm in Cornwall, Connecticut, a little um, very rural town back in, in northwestern Connecticut, where, where my grandparents had a dairy, and then my folks uh, tried lots of different livestock and ended up getting into llamas in the early or the mid seventies. And, uh, <clears throat> they hit it at a time where they could, um, llamas kind of became that in animal at the time in the eighties there. And so they were some of the oldest breeders in new England, um, which worked to be able to raise their kids at home and, and be around livestock, which is fantastic. But gardening mom, mom has done, they did some veggie gardening early on, but, um, <clears throat> mostly a lot of just beautiful gardens and cutting gardens and whatnot. So I did a lot of weeding, and a lot of picking Japanese beetles off all the plants and putting them in Tupperwares full of soapy water every morning, every summer. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting? We have friends who have llamas, and I interviewed him down in Big Fork, and he has been one of the most popular episodes because they use the llama manure in their garden so much. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, llamas... Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so do then how did you end up in Montana? Because that's kind of a fascinating part of your journey, right? Yeah. I'm a, I was born in New York and ended up here in my early 20s, too. So oh, nice. Yeah, there's something about the, the West and the, the big sky country that certainly can draw a girl in. Um, so I was I was working around different parts of the West doing trail crews and then got this harebrained idea to start a pants company because no one else was doing it and uh, moved to Bozeman initially. I had never visited the state, but that turned out to be a fortuitous first stop in that I bought a copy of Small Business for Dummies because I didn't even know what a business plan was and I figured I'd better write one to start a company. And uh, so I was reading this uh, book <clears throat> at a local coffee shop downtown the very first weekend I had moved to Montana. And a guy noticed and we got to talking and it turns out for the past 20 years, he had done production and design for Patagonia. So a very fateful day and he's oh become yeah, one of my top mentors and he's on my board of advisors to this day. So 
I got to learning all the things I had to learn and writing the business plan and designing pants and finding U.S. manufacturers and textiles and and all, all the good stuff that goes into starting a whole new apparel brand. But after about a year of being in Bozeman, I, uh, it was too big of a town for me. I wanted to be in a small ag town. And I had just read Ivan Doig's book, This House of Sky. And that's his memoir of growing up in a little ranching town called White Sulphur Springs. So I came to visit one time and it just felt right and moved up here in 05 and then opened the company in 2006. And I've been here ever since. So I, I'm really curious because I've been thinking about, like, I always thought I would work for a nonprofit and turning the green organic garden into a nonprofit more than a business, especially since it pretty much is a nonprofit as far as where profits are concerned. But even if you have a regular bid, like what's starting with a board of advisors? Like, what's that like? And, and you have to do that either way. Nope. So this was, this is a board of advisors versus directors. So on the pants company, the advisors are simply a, it's a kind of a formalized group of mentors that I would get together on an annual basis. We would go float a river or, or whatnot and just talk about the company and what we can do to improve and pick their brains. Um, so they were all just um, hand selected mentors. Um, but on the other side of the coin, we've got the Red Ants Pants Foundation, our, our nonprofit which is a 501c3, and that's in support of women's leadership, working family farms and ranches, and rural communities. And for that, to maintain a proper 501c3, we do need a board of directors. So we have a, a proper board on that, on that entity. Okay, well, I'm very curious about that part because I want to start this thing called the Rockstar Millennial Foundation that gives millennials a washing machine, a dryer, like somehow... I don't know, just raises money. I don't know if it's just because I've lived for so long without running water. And then even now my washing machine's been broke for four years. I can't even imagine what it's like to be in a pandemic and have to go to the laundromat with small kids and just not having a what I don't know. It's just something I'm personally passionate about. And then I'm also like, I'm trying to write a book about the rock star millennials that I interview because i just think they're awesome i know you're a ziennial i think is what they call it but just curious about that whole foundation p and like you started with a big concert is that right yeah absolutely um and i love your idea of supporting millennials that's fantastic tough, tough you do tough for sure yeah um yeah so after about five years in business um decided to take things to the next level and um, a bit of a, another harebrained idea, but got, got, got my community on board with the idea of bringing a music festival to White Sulphur Springs in a cow pasture on a working ranch just outside of town. So back in 2011, we had our, our first annual Red Ants Pants Music Festival and 6,000 fans came that year. It blew our minds and blew us out of the water completely. That tripled the county's population. Um, it was uh, quite, quite, a, quite an experience. And since then we've had up to 18,000 with attendees with headliners like Merle Haggard, Dwight Yoakam, Charlie Pride, who just passed away this week, um, Winona, Brandy Carlisle, Josh Ritter, Jason Isbell, Lyle Lovett, some, some great musicians across the way. Um, Keb Mo. Yes, Keb Mo. He's tremendous. Taj Mahal. So many, so many good ones. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I got that festival off the ground and it, we uh, were heading into our 10th year 
this past year and that's obviously got postponed till next summer but that is a program of and a fundraiser for our our foundation our nonprofit so what was the biggest challenge you learned from doing that oh man um i think honestly uh, it, it, we just created such a such a monster in a good way we we had no idea it was going to get so big um and i think the biggest my personal challenge is learning how to or just being forced to learn how to take care of yourself and and say no when you need to and ask for help it was uh there's just no way that you know we could do it all with the team we had at the time so so expanding the team trying to figure out um the right operations and logistics and um making sure that all the roles work because that that first year every single staff and attendee that knew me or community would you know they would call me directly on my phone asking all the questions on what to do and where to go and how to do it and you know now we have a a 90 member staff with a very complex organizational chart and 220 volunteers and the whole system is set up but but getting the systems in places that was a really big one what did you do with six thousand people all of us like how many people were you thinking like what'd you do about bathroom yeah exactly. <laughs> can you tell i live without running water for a while i'm like yeah, but, tell me about the bathrooms so we uh we had porta potties on site but they could not service them fast enough and we literally bought out the toilet paper across three counties like everyone that was coming in from missoula or helen or bozeman i was just like go to costco buy all the toilet paper you can um but we got we got through it amazingly um, that first year and have have been improving our our logistics ever since. Uh, why do you think like so many like just like you weren't expect like tickets didn't did you have tickets or just like yeah that was just such a huge number like just people showed up without tickets or yeah so we fun? sell advanced tickets which is which is great but then we also sell them at the gate and um, you know Montanans don't always get into the habit sure. of RSVPing or whatnot. So we, we did have big gate traffic and we just didn't, you know, and then people get there and they're well, like, that oh, would be another big one parking. Yeah. Well, what's nice on a ranch. We, I mean, we have a hundred acres donated by this local ranch family that just lets us use their, their pasture. And we do have plenty of space, which is nice. Um, and then we have a big campground right on site uh, where everyone just comes with their RVs or campers or sheep wagons or teepees or whatever they have. And, and uh make a good party of it awesome well tell my listeners like about the leadership because you give out like awards and grants like small grants to like women-led business is that right or yeah yeah, yeah. So, make, so tell we, us about that for sure with with proceeds from the uh from the music festival we have a community grant program so every year um post festival the following spring we give out um small grants to to folks in Montana who have projects that parallel our mission. So that can be anything from community gardens to uh, welding helmets for women at a FFA program or community um, libraries or um, one of my favorites is the only women, woman-owned outfitter up in the Bob Marshall Wilderness, Dropstone Outfitters. They, uh, they do pack supported uh, trips into the Bob Marshall and they, and we bought them a mule, which was pretty exciting um, to help with their packing. Um, so, so it's a pretty broad, um, diverse group of applicants. But, um, but that's a really fun way to keep, keep the support going and, and building that network. And additionally, one of our other programs um, 
is we have a timber skills workshop every fall, which is a four day chainsaw or carpentry class for women. And that's, that's super fun. We do that on a ranch here in White Sulphur as well. Um, and we're gonna expand some offerings there. We, there's a, such a good demand of, of folks who really wanted to learn the, learn the skills and the trades. Um, and that can just be for, for homeowners, landowners, whatnot. It doesn't have to be, and mostly they're designed for beginners. And then our newest I program- I totally need to come to that. I wanna yeah. learn how to build a strong gate. Yes. We struggle with gates at our place. Totally. And just like building, like my husband, just like anything I build, it doesn't last. It falls apart. And yep. yep. I desperately need to come to that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And then, then our, our most recent program is our Girls Leadership Program, which uh, every year we select eight girls from rural Montana. And it's a, it's a year-long program. They're, they're junior year high school girls. And we have three retreats and some webinars and they each do a community project back in their hometown and they have a, they have a young professional mentor as well that's part of the program. So um, really looking at building that, that hope for our youth, pride in our rural communities and strength and courage in our leadership. Oh, I love that. That's so needed. Yes, big time. So tell us about the clothes that you make and you sell and and all that part. Yeah, so the um, the pants company, the Red Ants Pants, um, everything is made in the USA, very proudly. We have a, we work with a factory over in Seattle, mother, daughter owned. Um, they sew, cut and sew our pants, our shorts, our work shirt and work vests, which are currently out of stock. But we've got basically two lines of, work pants that's what the company's founded on and they come in 74 sizes the uh, original work pant is a 12 ounce cotton canvas duck and they've got a double double knee double seat lots of good side pockets a gusseted crotch very burly heavy duty great for this time of year and spring and well really year-round in montana um and <laughs> yeah we have an additional and our newest line is the gsd pant the get done pant which is a lighter weight uh, canvas 10 ounce and it's got a little touch of stretch which is wonderful um, so those are better for the summer months and um, just really all around pretty bomber pants to, to help you get any job done and we've also got those in shorts and we've got work aprons that are great for gardening uh, lots of hoodies and t-shirts and hats and belts and buckles and um, our aprons and our all of our leather work and our masks are all made right here in White Sulphur Springs. Oh. And then where does the fabric, come, like how do you pick, like do you have to go to other countries and pick out the fabric or do they do that in Seattle? Is that why they're made in Seattle or like? Yeah. I'm curious about that part. Yeah, it's a, uh, the supply chain is, is a uh, pretty complex thing in general. Initially we've been using for our original work pants, that's um, fabric from a mill in India because I wasn't able to find that, that type of fabric here that was U.S. made at the time. Um, but since then, we have started working with a mill uh, out of Georgia, which is uh, using U.S. cotton, which is very exciting. So the GSD pant is U.S. cotton and U.S. milled, um, and we are able to get uh, smaller runs of kind of limited edition dead stock from them, which is fantastic. So that's been working well. But uh, you know, as you can imagine, with, with COVID, the, the global supply chain is... is uh, shifted quite a bit and things are uh, 
a little up in the air right now about what's what's next but um, we've got some new some new fabrics we're sampling right now with our prototypes and um, continue well, I'm dreaming that you're gonna be able to do it with some US grown hemp some soon Dave. yeah quite possibly it's exciting to see what's happening in the hemp world for sure I used to have a hemp business back in the early 90s we used oh, wow. to make overalls out of hemp and I actually know how to sew like a shirt so it looks like a shirt that you get at the store oh nice which is surprising for me uh, what else do you want to tell us about Oh, let's see. I think I think it's really fun to have small business in in rural places. Um, I think there's so much potential about that, and you guys are all invited to the festival, which next summer will be July 22nd through 25th. Um, and you're also invited to come see our storefront. We have a brick and mortar uh, historic saddle shop here in downtown White Sulphur Springs, where. That is the only place you can come try on the pants um, in addition to going to redantspants.com. But we, we invite you all to get on the back roads and explore rural Montana and come visit all these small businesses. Now, do you have pants for men at all? Like I see on your website, there's a thing that says red ants pants for men. Yeah, this is funny. We, you know, when I started this, there were at least a dozen companies making work pants for men. Um, nothing for women on the market at that time. But but what we're seeing is a lot of men are wearing red ants pants. Um, they're just wearing the women's version, which is just fantastic. So we have a straight cut and a curvy cut. The straight cut is more linear. The curvy has uh, more room in the seat and thighs. And, and typically the men uh, wear the straight cut. The, the the fly is a little bit shorter than they're used to, but overall it's still a, you know, it's still a good heavy duty pair of pants that you wouldn't be able to tell they're wearing women's pants by any means, but, but that's been pretty fun. So, so no, they're just, they're just wearing our pants. Well, Sierra, I don't know. It seems like, uh, I just, I just love your story. I love everything you've done. I love the way you're taking business and inspiring other leaders and women and doing so many good things with your foundation. Um, and I guess I'm just going to encourage listeners to check out your website and support your store. Did you say you're sold out already for this season? Uh, no, we are not. We have lots of, lots of products uh, in stock right now. Our, our wool vests are, are out of stock just because um, we used to get our, our wool fabric from Woolrich and they went out of business, unfortunately, uh, a couple years ago. So we're looking for some new wool suppliers and then we'll get those nice vests back in stock. But well, we've got lots of, lots of pants and shirts and hoodies and hats and belts and all the good things ready to roll. So redantspants.com. And well, so if one of my listeners like was interested in getting into like supplying the wool, what are you looking for in a wool supplier? So we're looking for, so as you know, you can, you know, you start with the raw bales from the actual producers and, and there is a lot of good uh, raw wool still around in Montana, certainly and Idaho and whatnot, but um, it's it's finding the finished um, the finished fabric that we could take straight to the to factory to sew. Um, so if but if folks are out there involved in that industry, certainly reach out uh, info at redantspants.com and we'd love to visit. Hmm, cool. Uh, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for being such a great guest today and sharing your story. And, you know, I did want to ask you my final question, which I, I sent the email really late. So I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of a doozy, but you can you can think about it. But it just goes, um, if there's one change you would like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about or project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Well, that's a good one. Um, it's interesting. I honestly think a lot of it, it comes down to the the human component of, of civility and being able to have the conversations around the tough issues. And I, I say that because here in, here in Mark County, we're, um, we are getting a copper mine coming in and, and just the conversation around what that can look like um, versus the, the propaganda on both sides. And I, I think it comes down to people really being able to talk to one another, honestly, not aggressively. And with all of these problems, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of um, division across the board on issues, as, as we know all too well these days. But and I think the fundamental way to having solutions and creating change with it is for, the, for people being able to understand one another and the other side to then be able to work together to create some positive creative change. That was so well stated. I totally agree. I'm done with the decisiveness of just two parties and people not being able to talk to each other and being anti this mm -hmm. and anti that. And just, uh, I, I just finished reading, um, a but, or I think I'm reading Stacey Abrams book right now about the importance of working across organizations and working like in, I, I just finished reading by one of the authors of the black lives matter movement, and she just seemed really upset at how much divisiveness there was within all their organizations and different things that they were doing. And just, um, I think, and then yesterday I talked to somebody who was like so across the board from my show politically usually, and we were talking about, you know, getting along and just, I, I think, you know, listening is a huge, huge part of it. And, and we, we can get along as people and we need to get back to that civility like you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And we can, we absolutely can. Yeah, we totally can. And I think Montanans have always kind of done that because it is a tough place to make a living in a tough place and you need your neighbors to survive. And, and we all kind of like pitch it like, you know, the community here is just, so giving and so like on a one-to-one -one basis it's just so surprised me how polarized we became this year because usually you know we work next to each other we help our community we don't and and it's just been such a, a strange year so uh sir tell us one more time how do people get to your website where do they shop get some christmas presents and just learn more about it come to the music festival all that kind of stuff yeah, absolutely. So our, our music festival next summer, July 22nd through 25th here in White Sulphur Springs, Montana. And our uh, website for the Pants Company, and there's still time to get holiday gifts out, is uh, redantspants.com. Everything made in America. 
Thank you, Sarah Calhoun, for being a wonderful guest today, and you have a great holiday. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Okay. Well, I know you're busy, so I will let you go. I'm going to try to get this out today, and then I also said I would replay it again in the spring okay during garden season so thank you so much i love everything you do and i maybe we will make it to the festival this year or i can come to one of the carpentry things yeah spring (laughs) do you know someone who would benefit from the organic gardener podcast if you like what you hear we'd love it if you'd share the organic gardener podcast with a friend thanks again for listening and remember grow local 